This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And this week, we're not a trio, we're a duo. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. And it's kind of property related that we, we are a duo because <laughs> our, our gorgeous Niall is actually moving house. So he is indeed. Um, he, he, he actually, you can probably fill it in himself when he comes back in, in a week or so. But um, he was meant to move house on one day and it ended up being over two days because he didn't fit everything in the van. <laughs> Do you know why? I reckon it was all his footwear. <laughs> <laughs> but too many shoes. Well, if it was the shoes, they could have just strapped them on the roof, right? And they just Are you are you putting a gay man on a on a van roof? I don't think so. Gay man shoes. That's never gonna happen. I'd destroy them. No way, not in this weather. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he's so he, unfortunately uh, Niall um couldn't join us. And today so um given that we've we've you know, there's been a, um, an episode or two where i was not in because i was baby in or ill <laughs> um so it's interesting so um we're going to try the joe and matt show and yeah. then potentially in the future we'll have to just do the the, the matt and nile show gosh i mean that would blimey. be weird yeah it's well, you know, it's mix and match. And quite honestly, I suppose mix I listen. Mix and match. <laughs> mix and match. You, you, like Russian roulette. You, you, you pick a mix. In. You never know. Yeah, pick a mix. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> but, um, I mean, normally we have a guest on, don't we, if it's just uh, the two of us, which you and I have done before. But we're flying solo today, mate. Do you reckon we can handle it? We shall give it a go. So what <laughs> do you think we should talk about? Well, we were sort of talking um, offline just before we hit record about you know, opportunity and seizing opportunity. And I think there's, I've had a couple of scenarios recently, um, a couple property related and other business opportunities where I have been too slow to act and I've actually missed out on them. And um, it's, it was really just to talk about the importance of timeliness, really, when opportunities present themselves, because especially in property where the market inherently moves fast, especially at the moment where the world's been a bit crazy. And if you don't, because you're trying to get everything lined up, you're trying to get all your ducks in a row, you're pretty much guaranteed to kind of lose out to somebody else because they're just going to go for it and figure it out as they go, right? Like, it's a big thing. Yeah, and I think maybe my attitude has changed over the years. I think I used to seize a lot more opportunity when I was... Um, when I started out because I didn't know what a lot of the I, I was less knowledgeable and more hopeful I was just like yeah it'll be fine just go for it and um, because it was, we, we've had something similar recently where we've been given a few opportunities and um, we've had like sourcing agents chasing us like the hour after the viewing two hours after the viewing it's like are you doing it are you doing it? it's like uh well we need to do a full appraisal on it. We need like probably a couple of days, three days to go through all the, 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 the drawings, the numbers, everything, do, do a sense check. Um, and in order to know, you know whether it's worth whether it's worth pursuing. And um, now that we've kind of got larger, we're, we, we know we don't want to make mistakes on things. Maybe we take a bit longer appraising, whereas we should just go, yes, let's buy it. 
and then and then work it out later which is normally my approach to most things um but um yeah it's not buying properties is not my main focus at the moment so maybe um it it will be coming again in the near future so at that point but like yeah i'm just gonna we're just gonna buy these things um we'll work it out later it's really interesting actually raising the timing point is quite key because i think in the early days you could probably say yes to way too many things and overcommit. so you know that you run the risk of all sorts of things overwhelm you know under resource um over leveraged as well too soon um so i suppose there is something to be said of pacing that but i think it's a case of in the early days saying yes to stuff when you don't have the certainty and the backing of hindsight and experience mm. is kind of what it takes in order to get something across the line. And if I think back to the early days of my investing, I said I didn't see through a lot of opportunities because I just was so scared, you know, because I didn't know enough. And, you know, I remember the uh, opportunity to do a lease option came up uh, within like my first year of investing. And I just fucked it up because I just, I ran away from it because I was so scared. I'm like, I've never done one of these before. And actually look back on it now, it would have been such a win-win situation for every single person involved. But I didn't do it because I'd never done it before. So I just, I just thought, oh, I'll go down the vanilla traditional purchasing route because I felt like that, <laughs> at least I could see evidence that that, you know what I mean? Like it was. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the more done thing. So you do the, you do it because you know that if you buy it, and also you've got time to sort it out. Um, I think when when you're in a position where you have to act quickly, it's and, it, and it's not something you've done before or it was a bit out of the ordinary. You kind of I, I've definitely been in a position where I've kind of gone with it, knowing that I'm actually not going to do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally been there as well. Yeah. But also go, going going through it for the learning. To like okay yeah I'm go- going I'm doing this and if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't um so I think to so taking that type of approach yeah, and we're, we're scaling up as well so I'm in having those similar um conversations whereby we want to be doing multi-million pound sites multi-million pound projects well we've done multi-million pound projects before but not you know kind of around the kind of the one to two million now we're, we're going like we want to be like eight to ten million so it's that it's that scale up and then you, you're thinking, okay, have we got the numbers right? Have we done that right? Have we got this? And then so we do take a bit of time, whereas someone that's been doing that for you know five years, we just go, yeah, I'll just buy that. And yeah. and, and they'll take it more on a punt, whereas it was like, oh. Um, but maybe again, to just go and do it and see where see where the, 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 the chips fall. Yeah, totally. And I think working in joint venture partnership can help those decisions Correct. a little bit more, right? Because you're yeah you can you can balance you know the the taking on of opportunities um and seizing the opportunity as well because i think what you're saying is where so much of your focus at the moment is focused on the training element of what you do and you know you're Mm. the face of the hmo platform and you have to give that business a lot of time and energy it's it makes it hard to then on the property side when an opportunity comes up equally give that the same amount right um but then one has to feed into the other from a credibility perspective so it can't be neglected but this is why having someone like Niall and a team behind you can help make opportunities come into fruition right 
Yeah, it definitely does. And having a team is good, but also having a team means that, you know, they all need to be working at the same time. I had like, a project manager was, was off for two days. I was like, oh, uh, all this hasn't happened. That hasn't happened. And I haven't got the time to do it. Um, so you, it doesn't, everyone's got to be seen on the same hymn sheet and you've got to have this bit of a well-oiled machine. I think we do have a well-oiled machine. Um, and I think we can turn around opportunities quite quickly. But sometimes it feels like uh, people want a decision quicker. Um, and I know there are others that would just go for it straight away. Now, the other frustrating thing about seizing opportunity at the moment is that we've got opportunities of projects where we have said to someone, yes, we can find you a buyer for this. And we go and speak to um, a whole bunch of buyers and nobody is seizing an opportunity. Everyone is just really slow at making decisions and not saying no, which is really frustrating. So that's something that, that we're working on at the moment is having opportunities for good projects. Good, they're, they're all co-living projects. That, that we that we're not doing ourselves um but can, we can work really nicely for for someone else so um yeah see, seeing other people taking their time and dilly dally again makes me think we shouldn't take our time dilly dally because i know how frustrating it is on the other side yeah completely and that's another thing actually you saying that makes you reframe what an opportunity actually is so I think sometimes when an opportunity presents itself, if it doesn't naturally fit with what it is we're looking for or what it is we're doing, we instantly assume it's not an opportunity. But sometimes what you can do is repurpose it so that it's still something that you can still get a bite of the cherry, but perhaps mm -hmm. it's to somebody else's longer term benefit. So, for example, yeah. sourcing on a deal is a classic example of that. Um, and I think this comes up a lot is just because we can be very uh, orthodox about how we see opportunity we're very as humans uh, we find it very difficult to see it from another perspective where we can still benefit from it even if it's not as we first perceived it um yeah and I think actually deal sourcing is a classic example of that or something that I've done is like okay so you you know I have a friend who who I've introduced to various investors within my network um, and of course, there was a duty of care attached to that responsibility, but there was also a, okay, do I need their money at the moment? Well, I need some, but not all of it. How do I get her money working for her? And then thinking, well, actually, I can benefit from that too. So then you get introduction fees as a result of that and thinking that through. And sometimes it can be really hard to see that as an opportunity because you feel like you're, I don't know what's the word taking a bite of the cherry when you shouldn't but it's not that's business. Take it, taking advantage you feel like you Take might advantage, be taking advantage yeah. of a situation whereas um it, at the end of the day any business opportunity is taking an advantage of a situation Absolutely. And, and um but if you've done a good service then you get recompense yeah, you, you get paid for your provision of that good service and um there's value so, for example, when you introduce an investor to someone else, there's value to the investor because there's an opportunity there which has been a bit more vetted and it's uh, yeah, a trusted connection. And then from the from the developer, it's like, well, actually, this is really helpful because you're introducing a, a more of a known quantity as an investor, yep. someone who um, hits a certain type of just being a certain type of investor which then that you you know um what you get what you're getting essentially yeah. and you're getting yeah consistency you get um potentially longevity as well so you know where you know where you stand which i think is, is highly valuable to the developer 
when working with an investor so um yeah and also especially because you know in this situation you know everyone involved you become a bit like a matchmaker yeah you do it's, it's a bit like what um ed was saying on that previous episode wasn't it it's like you become like the 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 sort of the yeah the, the broker the, the the matchmaker between people and everybody wins in that situation and you know seeing that as an opportunity could be quite difficult for some people I think it certainly was for me initially because I was like well hang on a minute I'm profiting from <laughs> pimping my mate's money out but it's like no 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 look it's given her a sense of um security it's given her an income it's given her um business uh, insight it's given her uh, involvement in different schemes it allows it's allowed her to diversify her investments which has been brilliant but also everyone who she's invested with has benefited from it too and will continue to do so that's an ongoing that's an ongoing um cycle so yeah seeing that as an opportunity was definitely a challenge but one that I actually think is plays into my skill sets quite nicely but also um was an adjustment it was a it was a it was an adjustment in my head um because you, you're a nice person you like just to help people yeah and expect nothing in return it's true you sort um, of think, but there's a limit to that and in business I mean really <laughs> we are all of service to people we are all solution finders to challenges and problems that people have but at the same time you can't just do stuff continuously for free there's it's got to be no you can't you can't work for free um, especially if, if your if your worth is your connections with people um then that that in itself allows Try and bring it back to seizing opportunity. It allows you to help other people seize opportunities. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think what's lovely is like that that particular um, sort of process of introduction from that from that example of um, talking about my mate. I've had conversations with some of the people she's invested with recently, and it's just been it's been so great. It's been great for her. She's talked about how it's really lit her spark and sort of put a rocket up her bum in terms of her own investments. But she's seeing the benefit financially. She's starting to see the revenue come in. And then I had a conversation with one of the guys that she's invested with recently. I mean, he's doing massive stuff. He's got doing 33 million pound schemes in Birmingham at the moment. Huge, huge stuff. And she got to go visit that recently. So she really could see where her money had gone. And she kind of came alive. You know, she was like, wow, this is awesome. Um, And so, yeah, and you sort of think you made that happen. So therefore you know, that was an opportunity for you and you were right to seize it and you were right to kind of, like you say, put worth and value on that because that was your network that you introduced it to. So yeah, it's cool. Um, it's really, really cool. Um, but I think on the other side of that, and this is what, this is what prompted me to kind of bring it up in today's discussion was like, I had a situation recently and it's, it's not property related, but it is business related where I connected with uh, somebody, I'd done a keynote up in Warrington so your neck of the woods. Uh, well, my old, my old neck of the woods. Your old stomping ground. Yeah. I've been there a little while. Yeah. It still looks as ropey as it did, I think, from the last time you were there. I must have been, I didn't know Warrington at all. So it was it was a real edge. Uh, Warrington's changed quite a lot, actually. I think you'll find. You, Mate, the, there's, the town centre is stunning now. Yeah, sure. I, maybe I came out of the arse end. I wasn't in the town centre, but well, there's another station. It's not Warrington proper. It was wherever I was. I come out. It was very Warrington industrial. Central. God, what's the other one what's the other one Warrington Warrington Key. Warrington Bank Key yeah I come out there and oh, I mean uh, I mean you're, you're right in the thick of it there you just I just happen to be right next to a big chemical plants but if you walk <laughs> the, uh, over the road and keep going then you're in some really nice really really nice areas so I kind of went back on myself behind the station because that, that was the venue I was speaking at and um 
yeah, I was talking about my whole human battery charger stuff, tapping into your sexual energy to bring success in life and business. And there were some really cool people in the audience. And one of them in particular, I've seen at a few events, we'd seen at each other at a conference in, in Dublin in October, but we'd never swapped numbers. And we connected on Facebook shortly afterwards. And what she did was she left me a voice note on Facebook Messenger and her number underneath. And I let a week go by before I listened to the voice note. And what she was offering me was a speaking gig for the pharmaceutical industry. And mm. I replied on the Sunday, I think it was, by the time I got back to me, she'd left the message on the Wednesday. And by the time I got back to her, I mean, I had been traveling a lot. I'd been doing a whole bunch of other speaking stuff. And when I got, by the time I got back to her, she said, I'm really sorry I had to give the gig to somebody else because they needed a quick answer. And I thought, you idiot, you saw the message. It was 30 seconds and she left her number underneath. There would have been a reason for that, but I just thought I'll get around to it. And uh, so then I think I've compensated for that because then I, I was speaking in Chippenham a few weeks ago and I saw this guy talk and he saw me talk. And so he has introduced me to a speaker booker. And what he said on the back of that, he emailed me saying, could you do me a favor? Give me a LinkedIn recommendation. But also there's a booker that I'd like to introduce you to because I think you would be of interest to him for clients. Mm -hmm. And I could have done exactly the same thing again, but I didn't. I thought, learn your lesson, Joanna, learn your yep. lesson. And mm -hmm. so I replied, the introductions happened and now we're having a conversation. I was thinking, yeah, you do got to pursue it, even if it leads to nothing, because yeah. not all opportunities are going to come to fruition. But if somebody offers you an opportunity, say yes. And it's the whole Richard Branson, figure it out later, right? It's, it, you've got to go with it. And so that's the property jammers listening. At least explore it. Say yes. Uh, delegate exploration if you have to. But yeah, take it on. You never know what's going to happen. And um, the it reminds me of the, when I was a, a, a gigging musician in a similar way. Um, you, know, you would get a phone calls and people would call you up and if you don't answer your phone they get to the next person on their list and they get through to the first person that would answer the phone that's available um because if, if someone needs a you know, piano player for a gig they need a piano player for a gig so they're going to find one so yes. they'll have that list um yeah and you could be number one on the list um but you might be number three on the list and they if you're number one on the list you get a call first if you don't pick up um and i, I remember I remember actually doing some work as a as a sound engineer uh, back at uni, which um, was about 21, 22. And the the manager on site um, was telling guys off for having to for answering the phone um, on the gig. And and we had this whole this conversation, not with the manager, but yeah, but about whether it was right to have your phone on or not, because that again is your freelance sound engineer. You get a phone call about a gig, you want to know. Mm -hmm. You, you know, so you're booking your next one and the manager's like you could book yeah you don't book your next gig whilst you're in the middle of a gig <laughs> <laughs> you know and yeah. and there's this whole debate about you know when, when's the right time to answer the phone um and I, th I think back then there was less messaging it was more phones or text messages yeah. um and yeah whereas these days you could probably do a whatsapp or a vo voice note and you could probably get back to someone quite quickly whereas back then yeah, if you didn't pick up the phone um, they'd bring the next person and you'd lose the opportunity um so yeah and what a way of seizing opportunity especially in property when people will just go and do you know the, especially at the moment they'll bend over backwards to, to 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 get an opportunity or steal an opportunity or you know 
get get a property um so it does, does so it does confuse me why people don't seize an opportunity when you present one to them mm. but also i do wonder whether we act quickly enough on the opportunities that are presented to us I mean, it's, there's always uh, extenuating circumstances to why people don't. I think one of the two big ones, or two of the two of the big ones rather, are what we've touched upon already. So fear, the actual yeah. kind of <laughs> fear of the unknown, fear of the how's this going to work. Um, so overthinking it. And the other thing I think is overwhelm. When you have so much on already, the idea of saying yes to this opportunity just feels like you're taking on just one thing too many, which sometimes can be true right and you know what didn't we do a whole episode on the power of saying no yeah <laughs> and it's it's got its place it's got its place but I think again most opportunities they're not immediate and I think this is why at least exploring them is really important because sometimes they take a while to actually unpack and evolve and you might yeah. be able to find a way to navigate that around your existing commitments but I think the, the the negative impact of saying no is that you're not giving yourself the opportunity to even explore it and that's so you that's give yourself FOMO a little bit you say exactly so you have to be quite confident to say no um but also sometimes I, when you're really busy you say no to it and then you don't necessarily give it a second thought if yes. it's something which has come out out the blue um then it's just knowing what what is worth dropping everything for yep uh, and what's not and if you drop everything all the time, you, you're never doing anything. <laughs> well, this is it. And also, I think instinct plays a big part in that. So if I was honest, um, my instinct said, listen to this message from this lady. Uh, but I didn't because I was like, I'm too busy. <laughs> I'm too busy. So I chose to ignore it. Um, yeah. And, you know, then you could get into something a little bit more spiritual, probably a little bit deeper where you think, well, actually opportunities only present themselves if you're if kind of the universe is seeking to give you what it is ultimately you're looking for. So yeah. it could be that opportunities have actually manifested because actually that is what you're seeking. And mm -hmm. then if you're self-sabotaging by saying no, yes. you're denying yourself the opportunity to get what you actually do want. And it might be something completely different to what you're currently doing or think you need at a conscious yeah. level. So um, there's, there's a lot that goes on with it. And I think everything, it's all circumstantial, right? But I think the, the message from today in particular is like, so yes, figure it out. If it manifests, great. If it doesn't, at least you explored it to triage whether it does or it doesn't. Um, I, I'd agree with that. And just to, to to kind of wrap us up a little bit, um, we've been presented with an opportunity in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've had someone contact us via the via social media. Right. So something which you know, we've been doing with the intention of attracting investors. And we don't get that many people that message us off the back of, of um, social media. Um, you know, wanting wanting to invest or anything like that most most time they, they're people that contact us um that we know or the friends of friends and social media is like the the, the that bolster you know that yes you, do, you are doing what you say you're going to do etc but off the back of um a, a post that i put out someone said i'd like to invest with you um at which point i was like okay someone says in one sentence i'd like to invest with you bit skeptical um didn't think much of it sent it through to Niall said Niall do you want to go and ring this guy um Niall rang the guy he said yeah I've got a million quid I'd like to invest with you no and at which point we got very excited um 
difficult terms to make work. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not like your standard, you know, 6% interest rate or 8% interest rate. You know, we, we, we're talking a slightly different arrangement, but whereby you've got someone that has been watching you on social media, he says they resonate with everything that you say. And then suddenly says, yeah, I, I've got a million pounds. I'd like to, um, it's almost like I'd like to help you guys grow as long as it hits the ticks these boxes for me um then um yeah so we are currently attempting to seize that opportunity um and then he went on holiday so we're sitting here going okay like, <laughs> million pounds million pounds million pound investment that'd be great um let's uh let's get it in the bag so um the, our plan is to meet and move it forward and we're currently as, as i was saying earlier we, we, we are upping our we're looking to scale up yeah. looking at projects around that level because I, because we've got comfortable with the idea that we might have to borrow we're going to have to borrow one to two million quid yeah. that is less scary than it was a year ago of course because we're scaling up um and when someone has that much faith in you to say this is how much capital i've got and i'd like to i'd like to proceed is it well okay now we need to make that work yeah so even if because I, I i understand that you know this person may not end up investing for whatever reason but what it does is it grows the the, the mind the mindset the um, creates the opportunity to for the next million pound investor because That's once right. you start investing at that level raising million pounds is probably easier than raising you know a hundred thousand pounds it's in, so funny i had that conversation with with max rayner you know friend of the podcast yeah. and actually on next week um and i think this is something we can pick up on when we talk to him is let's try let's plant the seed and then we can yeah yeah, yeah because i think it, it's, it's such a it, that the the heart that the biggest challenge is the is the smaller denominations um and there's reasons for that um so yeah well let's just pick up on that when we chat to max uh, most definitely we'll pick up on that yeah. um next week but so yeah seizing opportunities um uh, if you don't seize opportunities then you are it, it, it's like when you're designing your life you know you create those opportunities and you, you need to take them um otherwise someone else will design your life for you absolutely um which is yeah it's the whole point of being in property is that you're creating a life by design right yeah look at us i mean i'm not saying that we're wise matt but actually i think we're really really wise <laughs> fucking smash who needs nile good lord <laughs> here's if you like you mentioned shoes <laughs> wonderful now he would never miss a shoe opportunity i can tell you that much my lord that man oh. ah we miss you nile we love you and we'll see you soon. Hope you yeah. hope your uh, your move into your new house is is going swimmingly, and that um, it is everything that you hope that it's going to be in the future. Yeah. If you ever listen to this episode. Yeah, which he does. He's really good at listening back. You and Isn't I suck it? at it, but he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think let's let's leave it there. So it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me, and it's not a goodbye from Niall, but we'll say it on his behalf. Goodbye. And then your best Irish accent. Goodbye. Come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more. On Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast. Or you can email us at Property Jam Podcast at Outlook.com. See, See you on, on the next, next episode. episode.